how have you been able to find your customers? We built a big following on TikTok. Okay. So we have 144K. Jeez. So let's just talk about it real quick. What's the strategy on TikTok? How have you been able to build such a quick TikTok audience? TikTok is a science. If someone's listening, just trying to get started on TikTok, trying to get attention. What two to three tips could you give them to keep their attention on the platform? Everything podcast is the podcast we receive stories, tips, and tactics from entrepreneurs who have done it. Today, we're covering Collision. You know, um, we had a great time at Collision, uh-huh. so we're just covering um, all of the different entrepreneurs we spoke to. So it was a blast, man. You know what I'm saying? And right now, I'm sipping uh, my birthday gift. Shout out to Owen. You know what I'm saying? I'm Cavi, man. Most definitely. Shout out to Cavi. Yo, Cavi should Cavi, definitely sponsor the show. Uh, how obsessed are you with Cavi? Bro, it's actually been pretty bad. I have, I literally have no other liquor in my in my cabinet besides Cavi right now. That's yeah. how bad it is, bro. Cavi, Cavi's like juice, man. You have that thing, you'd be sipping on it every juice. day. It's like juice. It's like cranberry juice. You need, you drink it with dinner. You're on the balcony smoking a cigar. You pour a glass of Cavi. You know why? Because it's like this fusion of like coffee, but with like caramelized alcohol in a sense mm-hmm. right it just gives you like this taste like where yo you get faded you don't even know what hit you so right. i'm obsessed with cavi man i actually gotta get a bottle because that's my like weekday drink when i'm stressed out or i just need to think i just okay. reach out for the cavi bottle bro but i'm happy you you kind of toasted and uh you're opening it up to celebrate collision man we had a successful event yes we did but most definitely all right so let me ask you this bro who was the the uh, who was your favorite interview of Collision As- aside from David Meltz? I'm talking about on the floor because that's what we're doing today. We're mm-hmm. going through the floor interviews where we walk through and talk to people who are you know on the floor. So who stood out to you the most? I think I, I the one that stood out to me the most is the ones I had fun with. So I met this company called Work From Homey. Essentially, what they're trying to do they're trying to help like companies you know really recreate the whole work from home experiences experience by providing them with a platform that employees can feel like engaged they can feel like there's an onboarding process they don't feel like they're alienated from working from home and you know me man i just come in there and i wanted to duke it out with one of their colleagues and i was telling them i'm like yo we all need to get back to the office this whole working from home thing has to stop we're all mailing it in people don't work from home like they're just kind of like they'll show up for a zoom meeting then they'll be just going grocery shopping taking their dog for a walk like where's the production going when no one's watching so i painted all these things like even mental health like you're just working from home because you know the thing about working from home bro and we covered this in episode 134 and i was talking about like mental health will work from home because a lot of people who work from home they're, they're they're living nice they live in like a luxury or nice condo where there's space but they're these students who are fresh out of school who are working with roommates and their room their work desk is in this one shared space like they're working with, like they're living and all their workspace is in their bedroom. So I'm like, yo, how much of that can you do every day? Like you don't leave your house. You're stuck in one little bedroom that you're renting out. You need to be going to the office. So that's why I was advocating for the office. So we had a great debate, me and the gentleman from my work from homie. And um, it just made for good banter. And I think one of the things that you go into these conversations with is you get serious because you want to learn about their startup. But like, I think this was a little bit more tongue in cheek. So I was, I was able to get them loose because they're pitching their business every day and you can just have a little 
ESPN, like, you know, Shannon and Skip, or no, that's undisputed. But you can have a little debate with uh, another entrepreneur on the floor. So that was pretty fun for me. Most definitely. No, I, I thought you had a, a good plus. I actually had to bounce because um, I had to go help another um, like podcaster or podcast guest out. So mm-hmm. so I, I wasn't there for the full one, but I, I heard it back and it, and it was cool. It was a good little, little, you know, back and forth. He had some good points. You had some good points. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, no. He was I a good sport. He was a good Most sport. Of, yeah, he was, he was a good sport. I also loved um, Dasha. I think Dasha was like a sleeper. Like, you know, Dasha? Think about the, yeah, Dasha from Effa. Oh, yes, yes. I was thinking, I was, I, was, I, I forgot her name was Dasha, but I was mm-hmm. like, yo, yo, Effa. And then I was like, yeah, that's the CEO of Dasha, of, I mean, of Effa. Exactly. So, you know, the thing about walking through these floors is that, like, you don't really know who you're going to meet, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you're thinking I'm going to bump into somebody from Toronto that's just working, but mm-hmm. to bump into somebody that's from Ukraine and took the mission to go from Ukraine to Canada to pitch their business and try to gain more traction so they can fund an army. You know, like, you always feel a big degree of separation from Ukraine and what's going on there. Mm -hmm. But it was interesting to see somebody actually, like, right next to you, you know, say, yo, I'm I'm there. I'm supporting the war right now. I'm supporting the army right now. You know, like, I'm giving money to them. My, My husband isn't here, so... Loki, he's probably in the army. You know what I'm saying? He's out of the high chance, literally. Exactly, bro. Yeah, like so. So that was crazy. That was like really like, um, you know, refreshing to see because you don't see that every day at all, and mm-hmm. you just bump into people and you don't know what their story is, mm-hmm. and then to hear that she, you know, I don't want to give the cat out of the bag, so you gotta listen to the whole story, you know. But to hear like how they got started their business, I was like, wow, this is interesting you know i never would think that would happen like that so that was an interesting one for me too and then lastly um i think i'm a good sleeper as well was um my, my guy that i had a cleaning business that went viral on tiktok mm-hmm. you know a cleaning business is so simple but to hear that he was going viral on tiktok was kind of like how like yeah what was his strategy so it was good to get to pick his brain a little bit to figure out how he went viral on it so now overall it was good though bro Mm-hmm. You know, the best businesses are the simplest ones, like mm-hmm. one plus one equals two, you know, mm-hmm. and I think uh, a lot of the times these uh, during like these times we're living in, we're so like focused on, you know, lean startup canvas, be a tech entrepreneur, try and be on Forbes or trying to be on these major publications or you raise money. You know, entrepreneurship has been glorified as this thing that you got to be in tech. You've got to be like this next billionaire right but you don't really have to do that you just have Mm -hmm. to be someone who is solving a problem or creating something that has a niche that serves their needs so i think we need to really get out this mentality where to be seen as a tech like as a successful entrepreneur you have to be in tech sometimes Mm -hmm. you can just go to a business and offer them a service and like hey we will clean now your freezers like let's go you go to every restaurant like hey we're fridge cleaning service Mm-hmm. right that's super niche you go to them hey every month will come by we'll clean your whole kitchen we'll clean all your industrialized uh, kitchen equipment sanitize it and make sure that you're still regulated by ontario uh, boards of restaurants yeah that is like now you're removing like their their need for like extra labor now you're actually mm-hmm. offering a specialized service 
and there's restaurants all over. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You just it's need a truck. Simple. Yeah, power cleaners, two, three man job, couple contracts in the city. You don't need to go everywhere because there's restaurants in every corner. And you can get like an annual contract paying like 20 grand just for cleaning services. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Like that is that that people and but those businesses are not sexy. I cannot get clout off that business. I cannot win competitions, you know, like something I did in in university. But like looking back now, it doesn't really matter because the reason you start a business is to create something that supersedes you and becomes like such a behemoth that's providing jobs, it's providing opportunities. It's like, you know, it's funny, like as I get older, like I'm just realizing a lot of the things that I knew are just kind of like, man, like. I was really thinking like that. Like what really matters is success, right? What is success? You just want to build a business, go find something that makes money. It's going to like give you autonomy and freedom, bro. So I think we just need to get out of this bubble and like that cleaning service and going on TikTok. That is that that's what success is, you know, because you can have an app, you can have major users, but if you're not producing any profit or any revenue, what's the point? And we had this conversation with um we had someone, oh yeah, with David King, uh, who's about to come on the podcast pretty soon. Mm-hmm. He was talking about this exact same thing, right? You're like not generating revenue, but VCs are still going to pump money into a business for the upside that they go public, where like, you know, you adjust to user adoption and now they're like addicted to it, like Uber. Now it's like $20 for a ride. Remember when Uber was like seven bucks? You had Uber, yeah. Uber split, whatever it's called, Uber pool. Now we're so addicted to the product. I can't I can't even think about taking TTC because I live so far away from a TTT station or stop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was great seeing like businesses like F, um, EFA. And it really shows you like the world is bigger than just Toronto. Like people are flying all the way from all around the world just to get an opportunity to be seen by a VC or an angel, like a customer. So that's pretty dope. Yeah, no, you bring up some good points, bro. Like, there's a company that just went under. I think it was either it was either Bolt or like Fast. Bolt. Yeah, Bolt? I think Bolt. I think it was Bolt. Bolt. Yeah, that was like super fast, apparently, and then it went <laughs> went under super quick because they weren't actually making any money. They were just like mm-hmm. getting VCs. Yeah, Bolt one click checkout, um, and they were just like pumping. Like all types of ads but weren't actually making any money because they were just you know on the vc loop you know yeah um no you're 100 right bro you know what's interesting um I, what came to mind is actually um my landlord had a conversation with him he's an entrepreneur and um we spoke about how he's marketing and he brought up like that all he uses is signs you go to a neighborhood put up some signs uh, on a some lawns and call it a day because mm-hmm. he does landscaping, right? That's all he does for marketing. And he, he doesn't need these Facebook ads. Oh, let's get a funnel. Let's get a pixel. Let's it's just like, None bro. Of that shit. He like, you look at him and like, yeah. Put some signs. That's it. So it was really refreshing because all he really did is go to some rich neighborhoods put up some signs and get calls that would get him hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, from signs in neighborhoods. And then it really dawns on me that like a lot of times you overthink this shit, man. A lot Mm -hmm. of times you overthink 
how we're marketing, how we're trying to get this funnel right. This present yourself in front of the right people, and it'll happen. You know. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, man, you guys can present in front of us at Black Market. You know, um, this Friday, um, the fifteenth or fourteenth. Fifteenth. Fifteenth will be um, at Black Friday. Black Friday. Look at me messing up. <laughs> We're gonna be at Black Market from six to ten p.m. at Event Center of Centennial College um, at the Scarborough campus. So you'll be able to um, like t- partake in a trade show event. Um, you'll be able to network and uh, meet with vendors to sell products. Um, see services from the community. Um, and this network with professionals, you know what I'm saying? We're oh. going to have uh, Jalen from Lick My Fashion there. He'll be speaking. So it's going to be a, a good a good event. So um, feel free to pull up. We're going to be there. You can cop some merch from us. You know, it's going to be a vibe. So so pull up on us, you know. But uh, going back to what I was saying, though, you know, keeping it simple. Um, another thing is just showing up, you know. Mm-hmm. Um I was. I'm always surprised by how many opportunities come from just showing up. You know, like we we. I got an amazing intern that just asked. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and then now she's like about to get paid from me. You know, and like, you literally just like get a job. Eventually, <coughs> just uh, you know, asking. Bro, it goes in the same way. Just saying yes, and I got a shout out to to Rooks. She brought, she brought up that concept of just saying yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people that I look up to, like Rooks, you know, even Gary V. And I, I said this like a long podcast ago when we still had Hustle Nation as part of our segments. Mm-hmm. By the way, if you, if you enjoy those segments, if you've been a long time listener of Hustle Over Everything podcast and you enjoyed Hustle Nation or Business Tip of the Week from Alex, uh, let us know because... We've met some people and they've really given us some feedback. Like they missed that format and we thought that format was not hitting. But we look back in the day, like that format gave us a lot of numbers. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like we were getting fair plays from that. So we're reconsidering bringing that back. But what I'm yeah. saying is the whole concept of one is better than zero. And uh, Gary V has this video. You can search it up. One is greater than zero. It's like a lot of people are looking for opportunities. They're asking him, yo, how did you get on CNN? How did you get on Bloomberg? How did you get on Ellen? How did you get on this Today Show? But it goes to the concept of one is better than zero, meaning like any opportunity is better than no opportunity. If one person asks you to come on their blog to be interviewed and they only have 15, 18 monthly readers, it's having the humility to be like, yes, I'm going to do that blog. If someone has a podcast, they only have five episodes, they only get 60 listeners, but those are engaged, passionate listeners say yes to that opportunity. You know, it's all about that one view, that one reader that can change your life. Facts. That one view. Pardon? Remember Paul C. Brunson, bro? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's a a great example of that, right? That one view could be a producer at, let's say, CNN, if you're a business person. That one producer could be a uh, producer for like a cooking show that that could get you on an opportunity if that's that's your lane. That one listener could be someone at an investment banking who could be, you know, getting you looking for a job. Same thing with a VC. They heard your idea on a podcast, a little business podcast, but they like that 
host because they find it funny and engaging. And they reached out to you on LinkedIn because they found you on LinkedIn. So never underestimate the power of one view, one reader, one event that maybe has 20 people, but you never know who's in the crowd. And this is such a small world with the power of social media. Like just you being there, you get captured saying something like, oh, who is that guy? And then go down a rabbit hole of like LinkedIn, checking out your stuff, checking out your website. And they see your catalog. They see your work. So one is greater than zero and saying and showing up to those things. Man, Al, like the combination of just having that humility can take you far. Most definitely, bro. Like, honestly, that every time you, you bring that up, I, I think Policy Bronze is probably the best example of that. You know, having the humility to record and produce episodes of shows and put them on YouTube and get no views. No views <laughs> at all. At all. And then end up having Oprah see that. Like, that is nuts. Bro, <laughs> his miss is taking out a four, her 401k oh, to support this idea, man. And, you know, and, and have him like, get no views. No and have views, him get no <laughs> Yo, can you imagine right now if a girl took out her 401k and said, yo, go produce your thing," And you produce it. <laughs> And it gets no view. Yo, imagine, and then OVO one day comes and sees it. Like, Drake, yo, you put in, like, you spend 200K on producers, beats, videos, everything. Mm-hmm. And now your girl's like, yo, like, Wagwan, like, where, 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 where's success? A year yeah. later, one guy who's playing the track at a beach party, Professor, not Professor X, but um, yeah, Director X. X. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yo, you need to hear this track. I, I shazammed it. This kid on Spotify, I've never heard of him, but he's a local. Drake mm-hmm. hears it. Bro, you know, Drake Drake does shit like this, man. You know, he For finds, sure. he, like, Moji. That's how he recognized Moji. Bro, uh, I, have a, I have a rare Moji story, but go ahead, go ahead. Yo, but yo, let me just get this off. But yeah, yeah. I want to hear it. But that's how Drake finds artists. Like, Majid Jordan, yeah. all these characters yeah. on OVO, like, we're local guys who are just really good. So, man, and it goes back to what we're doing, man. Like sometimes we can look at a clip, like a video we like, we put money behind, produced it, gets like barely any views. But that one view, we never know who it's going to be. We never know. So, but yeah, man, what's up with Moji? All right. So (laughs) what I found interesting um, was years ago, um, I went to a hookah spot, and um, me and my me and my guy at the time, you know, we we're in this hookah spot. We got yeah. like three or four Ethiopian girls, you know, um, we're at our table, and the spot is packed. I'm like, what the heck is this? Extra packed, more than usual. And I'm like, what's going on in here? Like, it's just it's a little a bit of a body. It was buzzing, you know what I'm saying? Buzzing. Um, and we were there chilling, um, you know, trying to get these girls Snapchats at the time. So, so I was probably like 21 at the time, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and all of a sudden the hookah bar guy says, yo, we're going to have a performance at, at the hookah bar. You know, how hookah bars are, they're small. They're not big spaces. You know what I'm tight, saying? Bro. Tight. They're tight. You know what I'm saying? In the hookah bar, suddenly Moji starts playing and Moji you know walks who, out and starts performing. Go ahead. Okay, how how big was Moji at the time though? 
he had he had he, this is one song he had um that that's like a like a street classic you know um that 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 Drake actually copied where he does like the the, the Ginobili dance yeah 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 he yeah. performed that you know he performed that at the hookah spot and mm-hmm. it was bumping i can't even lie like all the Ethiopian girls that we were with were like vibing to this song. Like, yo, he has this place rocking, you know. He got the juice. Got the he had the juice in the spot, but he he was sagging crazy and he was super drunk. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. But then after, so he does his hood hood classic, you know. Um, and then he plays "Hold On, We're Going Home." And on "Hold On, We're Going Home," he's like, hey, yo. F Drake, fuck Drake. This is my song now. And so I was playing, and so I was like rapping on it. And he was like, yo, it's my city now, you know? Mm-hmm. As Hold On, We're Going Home <laughs> is playing. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, why is he saying this? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is before Drake knew a lick about Moji, by the way. Mm-hmm. This is before mm-hmm. any, of the, any of the things happened. And he was already like, like dissing Drake heavy. And I was like, why are you dissing Drake? This makes no sense, you know? But he was already on that wave. So then to see how everything played out, how, you know, you know how the, everyone knows how the story goes. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, okay, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, that was how he really felt from time, you know? Yeah. But yeah, man. man. The story's like this, man. Like, shit's always connecting. The, the dots always going to connect some way, somehow, bro. Facts, bro. Facts. OG with the dance moves. Word. You know? But, yo, we've been talking for a minute, yo. We still have to get let y'all tap into the collision episode. You know what I'm saying? So, let, let, let's let's wrap it up and, and, and then uh, let them enjoy the episode, man. Um, yeah, so, yeah. you know, one thing I could say to, to give him, um, you know, some context is it's at collision, right? So, the audio isn't, you know, it's not going to be you know, studio quality. This isn't the Tim Ferriss show. He's whispering, hey guys, how's it going? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> um, you know, it's, it's collision. It's a conference. So this is, have, have those ears as you go into it. You know, of course it's loud and we're, we're yelling a little bit. So keep that in mind. Um, and watch the whole thing because it's different entrepreneurs talking about different businesses. So you might get tips from different entrepreneurs. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, you know, listen, love it. And that's really it. Anything you want to wrap it up on, bro? No, just uh, it's a great episode. A lot of passionate people behind great projects they're working on. And, uh, you know, find some bits of value there. And, uh, you know, go check them out and see for yourself. If it's something that resonates with you, you know, tap in and uh, be a customer. Facts, facts. You know what I'm saying. I I really think that the um the the car the car company could be like a billion dollar company if it, if it works out. You know, that's yeah. all I'm gonna say. Y'all let y'all do the rest. All right, y'all. We see you on the other side. What's up, Hustle Nation? We're out here at Collision 2022. We're about to witness some amazing speakers. Look at groundbreaking businesses doing some amazing innovative technologies and uh, capture all the content that we can capture for you. It's going to be coming right in your feed, whether you're on TikTok, Instagram Reels, Twitter, you will not miss us. Most definitely. We got some dope interviews with David Meltzer, 
um, Sam and Henry from Speak Easy, and a whole bunch of entrepreneurs. So you can get some stories that are unique to everybody. Tap in, it's gonna be a good time. We're here with Reza, CEO? No, yeah, president. President. And co-founder yeah. co of uh, Work From Homie. So Reza, first question. Where did the idea of Work From Homie begin? So in the summer, like 2020, when the pandemic happened, we were work I was working on like on a consulting, like 90 hours a week job. And I was like, yeah, like I can do that 90 hours a week when I'm going to work, having fun, when it's work from home. Like, that just sucks that I cannot do it. And like, what's the missing piece of it is employee experience. Everything else is fun. I like not to go to work. Everything I can do the same work. The only missing piece would be like, uh, the employee experience. So we started working with my co-founder, come up with the idea, and it started from there. Can you tell us about exactly what Work From Home is? So Work From Home is an employee experience platform that uh, helps the remote team build a high-performing team while being remote. So that means like you don't need to be in person to build a high-performing team. You just need to be like have a discipline to do something right, and that's uh, the key to uh, to create a high-performing team remotely. What have been some of your biggest wins over the last six months? So, in the last six months, we raised one and a half million dollars seed. That was very pretty well. We closed very like uh, good customers. That was pretty good, and we hired an amazing team that we have on the back. The squad, add, add the squad the is team. all over there, right there. The the squad team. is all over there. Yeah. Awesome. So let me ask you something. If I'm Elon Musk and I'm saying, "Hey, everyone should go back to work," what do you have to say to him? Honestly, like. Uh, not much as like every CEO can choose how his team works and I understand his frustration over creating a high performing team. So if he has the tool set to create a high performing team remotely, he wouldn't say that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's a surprise coming from work from home. You hear that. You yeah. Know? All right. So now what do you think is the biggest advantage of using your product? So the biggest advantage is like cost saving, to be honest, like, you know, uh, when you have a team that can deliver remotely, you definitely save on the office costs and like a lot of uh, other luxury stuff that you have around the office. That would be the number one. And the second one, like you have a better productivity. That would be the key, yeah. And lastly, is there any other competitor ever since the pandemic started that is competing against work from homey? Yeah, there are a lot of uh, good competitors out there. There are like some incumbent in the market and some new ones. So we are happy to, you know, work to fight it out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, lastly, what's your number one goal this year for work from homey from now till 2022 ends? Uh, the number one goal is like a, probably like helping more than like 100K employees to be on board on the platform and help them to, you know, have a better employee experience. You're saying 100K users as employees, yeah. but you want, how much employees do you want on your team? Oh, uh, we want to keep the team, like, you know, small and mighty. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, that's I thought 100K employees, I was like, woo! Cheers! <laughs> you know? Right. Awesome. Right. Where can people find you? Uh, WFHomie.com. Uh, yeah, just reach out there. There's a contact us there. And yeah, reach out to us. All right, Amazing. homies, you heard it here. Work from homie. If you're a homie, sign up for work from homie and work from home. All right. Uh, cheers, guys. <laughs> cheers, guys. Awesome. All right, hit that. Fist What's up, man? All right, guys. Major debate here. We're debating whether people should go back to the office or 
stay at home. What is your take? I think there's a good argument to be made for hybrid workforces, but my whole thing is being remote. I, uh, people are going to feel very comfortable with just being able to work in their own comfort. Um, just staying at home, going to the office, avoiding, uh, avoiding a commute and just working from their home office as opposed to having to deal with the whole um, theater of like getting ready and looking like you're busy at a workplace. You could just go in, go to your uh, home office and get things done from there. All right. You know, so my issue thing is, right, go not ahead. everybody has a luxury of having like a nice condo or apartment right. and actually working from home. Right. Yeah. So you can imagine a lot of kids who are coming out of school. They're sharing a room with a bunch of people and their and their room, their desk is like everything for them. And yeah. as well, mental health comes with that. So what's your take on that? Like when you don't have the luxury of like having space and yeah. you're confined in one place where you're blurring the lines yeah. of work and home. My counter argument would be having something where you could give kids some kind of stipend to work out of a remote or private atmosphere mm -hmm. where they are still at their comfort. They could still have a couch and not really have to deal with the theater that goes into mm. working from an office where they could be at their own place and just get away from the stress that coming uh, that comes with being in a confined area mm. and uh, having all that nonsense. I mean, I've been a college kid before trying to start a company. Uh, yeah. You know, my first ever like trip as an entrepreneur was from college. So I yeah, know yeah, that yeah. in a fraternity house nonetheless, too. So when you're working in an atmosphere like that, a lot of noise, a lot of partying going around. And for someone that's young and maybe wants to do it, maybe a university or a company could supply a space for them to just get away from all that noise. Mm. Um, so that goes back to like, you know, flexibility, right? Yeah. You don't want to necessarily have that. That hybrid model enables you to go work from an office when you need to and work at your own comfort when you feel like you're ready. Just kind of like, all right, cool. I want I don't want to go to work today. I just want to work from my desk here at mm -hmm. home. I want to be here. I want to be comfortable. And the big statistic is uh, there's what for a thousand person company, there's about ten million dollars spent in office space mm -hmm. or who, Lord knows how much more in metropolitan areas. If you're investing in stipends and you're investing in employee experience, you're going to see that money return as opposed to just spending on office space, um, you know, utilities, Internet, uh, all those hidden costs that you get. So that yeah. was my final argument. You know, my my thing is here, man, is like the team camaraderie is a big thing. Yeah. You know, you're someone working from home. They're like sitting there by themselves, solo dolo. You're missing the opportunity of making new friends and that connection. Uh, maybe they can't even travel to like where everybody is. What's your take on building team camaraderie working from home? So I'm biased. This company's great. Work from home is great. This is our first time all being in the same place really, at eh? the same time. Wow. Uh, like we all just met in person for the first time on Monday and it was like we knew each other. It was like we were family. Yeah. Once again, every culture is different. So you can't say like, oh, that would work at a, I guess, archaic style business, a, you know, an older bank, an older accounting firm, whatever the case. I don't want to knock too much on those type of companies, but Maybe I'm biased at a startup. When we work together off, uh, online, it's good, it's productive. But now that we're here in person, there's a level of excitement that's even more like we've known each other for years and we're excited to get things done. So You're soaking but, everything in. Yeah, yeah. We like love each other. We're going to go out after this and hang out. But to your point, you know, I would probably say that there, that's why I would vote for that balance of hybrid and if you if you're scared of doing full remote, do hybrid where you, where that camaraderie matters. Mm. Like come in once a week, Wednesday, just come in, yeah. hang out with everybody, and chop it up. And have those eureka moments, you know, like they come like when you're like physically in person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I would make the case if you can't really embrace fully remote, 
definitely go hybrid and have that atmosphere where you can meet up at a at a co-working space mm -hmm. together and just like love each other there that sounds kind of weird to say but like love being around each other for sure and get the most out of it the same way we got the most out of like not yeah. seeing each other for like months and then just coming here and getting things done absolutely man well that was a great chat thank you for being such a good sport thank you thank you and man. you definitely brought us some good points i love working from home but i also love going to the office but yeah. i definitely see where working from home fully is beneficial for other people definitely and man. then also going to the office is good for that mental aspect and uh you know just like feeling as, as if you're a part of a cause yeah so yeah, so you heard it here. Hustle of Everything team here at Collision 2022. We got here my man Jeffrey and uh, check out Work From Homie. Great platform and uh, they're changing the game for us remote workers. Talk to you soon. Later, y'all. All right, everybody. The Hustle of Everything team here checking back at Collision. We're here with Effa. We got the founder and CEO. You want to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Dasha and I'm the CEO of Effa. Uh, we are Ukrainian startup. We are making eco-friendly disposable products. We are making paper toothbrush and paper razor. Here's the razor for hotels, airlines, cruise ship companies. And since we're having war in our country, we are supplying our products to refugee camps all over Ukraine and to Ukrainian army as well. Solid. How long have you been in business? Four years already. Four years. And uh, what led you to start this business? Uh, well, my husband, uh, it, this is his idea, actually. He's an industrial designer. He's been working, designing Apple products. And he thought about creating something useful for the planet. Yeah. And that's how he came up with the idea of a paper toothbrush. Because like three minutes, you use plastic toothbrush in a hotel for three minutes and then throw it away. It's like it doesn't make any sense. So that's how he told me about this idea on our first date. And that's how we have started. On your first date. Oh, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And now you have a company together. A company together, a baby together, and surviving through the war in our country. That's amazing. So speaking of the war in the country, how do you feel to be contributing to the war as in like contributing like personally through this company? Uh, we are trying to support our country in the best way we can. We have supported our army financially, but we thought about how we can uh, support our people who are suffering a lot. And a lot of refugees, like, they want to stay safe and clean as well. Like, not a lot of people care about the environment in Ukraine right now, but we still wanted to help. So that's how we're supplying our products. And at least that's how I can sleep better at night, thinking that our people are, are in a better position, maybe somehow. That's beautiful. Oh, you know? Thank you. Thank you for, for that. I appreciate that. Yes, thank you. Um, how has, uh, ever since the war started, How's your business been affected by it? How, what was your business like before? And how's your business been affected like now with the war going on for the past month and a half? Um, like before the war started, we like last year, we have fundraised our first financial round, round of $500,000. We've been growing team. We were like, we were going really actively, really high up. We had such clients as Netflix, Marriott and Radisson hotels. We had a lot of uh, cooperations with big corp corporates. And when the war started, uh, I, I like I've only received unfortunately emails. Like people told me, like Dasha, unfortunately we have to like freeze our contract, we have to like postpone the deal and things yeah. like that. Yeah. But since people like um, started to get used to this nor like new normal situation for Ukraine, we understood that we are safe, like relatively safe, uh, and business started to get back together as it was before. Not so fast, but still we have our old clients kind of coming back, even from Ukraine. 
and our new clients coming to us and I'm here at the collision which is I'm blessed to be here given that I'm from Ukraine so yeah we will survive through this and we'll be successful anyways last question for you um, over the next seven months where do you want the business to be at um, I want my business like I, I want just first of all I want to still stay safe and I want calm for my country and for me personally and for my family um, and I want like we want to get good customers we want to like go to our website and if you're a B2B customer please go to our website and offer our products and we want uh, people to know about this amazing brand EFA and that this is Ukrainian and yes. that Ukrainians are brave smart and amazing people who are making our uh, making our planet great and yeah. making some really good things for our planet absolutely we got to support Ukraine as they're going through these difficult times where can people find you uh, at our website EFA one uh, so and through our Instagram EFA brush uh, please come and see our products and we'll be more than happy to deliver you the best paper toothbrushes and razors in the world. Very innovative. Thank you so much for your time. Thank eh? you. So we're here with uh, Panda Hub and we're here with the CEO Reza. Reza, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. All right, can you tell us, can you tell us what Panda Hub is about? Um, essentially, we're um, a mobile on-demand car detailing service. So we're in the in the industry that hasn't been tapped yet. So there's not really any household names in this industry. So after a lot of R&D and a lot of research, we put together a team and kind of developed an app for people to download so you can get detailing done at your home. What was the problem you noticed that led you to start this business? What did you see there that was like, you know what? There exists a demand for this. Let's go out there and solve the problem. Um, that's a good question. I feel like I was a consumer, so my background is not this. Yeah. Um, I was a consumer and I used to wait at detail shops for hours and it annoyed me. So I tested it with a, a team and there's people behind the scenes that you guys can see that the camera can't, but they're standing here that helped put this company together. Um, we've launched about for one year and during that year, we learned that the world is changing. People are now wanting things kind of instantaneously right they, there's there's instant gratification that people look for so like paying seven dollars for a cup of coffee right just to uber instead of getting out and getting one so the on-demand thing and, and mobile is, is is very big so there's a lot of kind of operational challenges that we found but we overcame them and we continue to grow was operational challenges your biggest challenge so far um no i'd say it's to sustain the customers because there's only one company that does it this size and it's us we have to keep up with the customers. So sometimes there's a lot of challenges in terms of upkeeping with the demand. And so how have you been able to find your customers? Are you just on social media, through social media maybe? So behind you can see we have, uh, we built a big following on TikTok. Okay. So we have 144K. Jeez. So let's just talk about it real quick. What's the strategy on TikTok? How have you been able to build such a quick TikTok audience? is a science. It's all about you. Um, it's not like Instagram. Well, now Instagram Reels is kind of like that, but once you understand how it operates, it's easy to hack it. Well, you just have to keep people's attention span. The longer they stay on the video, the more TikTok will promote that video. So it goes by thresholds. So what, what if someone's listening, just trying to get started on TikTok, trying to get attention, what two to three tips could you give them to keep their attention on the platform? Okay, so one, think about the little things. The sound is important, the lighting is important. You want to get their attention within the first second. 
So a lot of times people will be like, you can't believe, and then they'll give you kind of like a little bit of the plot, but the ending is good too. So you want to, at the end to deliver. You don't want to just say, oh, stick around and you're going to learn this in this video and then not deliver on that. So if you can just keep their retention and put them first, always put yourself in the customer's shoes, you should do fine. And as long as the lighting is good too. You don't want bad, poorly lighting videos, right? Beautiful. Beautifully said. And uh, that wraps up the quick interview we want to do with you, Reza. Pleasure for uh, taking the time and chatting with us. We're definitely going to follow Panda Hub. We love, we love following people with good TikToks. And we like learning and seeing what they're creating so other people can also uh, implement it and uh, grow their accounts. I mean, that's a hot place to like, grow your, your business, your content following. So bless up, man. Wish you nothing but the best. All right, everybody. Coming back over here, Collision 2022. We're at the booth here with Lucalia, with the founder, Jiayoung. Jiayoung, how are you doing today? Yes, it's a nice day. Thank you. Yes, you excited to be at Collision? Oh, it is a really fantastic experience. All right. So we're going to ask you a couple of questions about your business and uh, what led you to start this business. So tell us about what you do and uh, what made you start this company. Okay, yeah. Uh, this is the Brief Finder. It is a vehicle communication antenna. It can transmit and receive the safety information. And at the same time, it can identify the location of other vehicles. Yeah. So we can provide two things, the safety information of other vehicles and the location information of the other vehicles. Those informations provide the safety of auto driving. So this is a really state-of-the-art technology and the future technology. That's amazing. How long did it take you to develop this? Uh, it's been uh, three years since we started this business and uh, next year we're going to complete the commercial product and we'll start to provide this device to automakers or provide our technology for them to build up uh, the safest car in the world like a Tesla or Uber. Those are the potential companies that we, uh, we will provide our technology. So far, do you have any interest from these manufacturers? Uh, I see a couple of uh, automakers, uh, I, I can't specify the name, and then some investors also approached to us and they showed very much interested in this. How big do you see the company growing? Uh, yeah, uh, at the moment we have about five to seven uh, employees and we are preparing the US businesses and they started to employ more, uh, more employees. After we receiving some uh, substantial investment, uh, then we will grow faster. Where do you see it growing? How big do you see the company growing in the future? This technology is currently, uh, well, it, 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 it is uh, uh, being accepted in the uh, standard, 3GPP standard. And then nearly almost all auto industries have to use this technology. Then I think the revenue could be the billions of dollars. Uh, so that's our aim, our hope to be uh, in the future. Yes. And um, building this company, what's your history before starting Localia? Were you in the manufacturing business before? I was in the Telecommunication Research Institute in the Korea. And there was a very, uh, very state-of-the-art uh, uh, telecommunication researching company. And I have been, uh, I was a project reader and have been researching this uh, location technology for 10 years. Uh, and then I built up this company and then started uh, move to the US and then start to expand our business in the North America, including this Canada and the US. Amazing. 
Thank you so much for joining us. Um, we wish you a lot of success in the future. Thank you very much yeah, for coming. Shayung, thank you so much. All right, everybody. The Hustle Over Everything team here at Collision. I go man the winner. And here we got Anne. Yes, Anne. That's Tell us about your business, Anne. So we are a wedding rental place marketplace. And we basically, we have an app in development right now. Um, our users are individuals and businesses who can post items for weddings. So it's a very like fragmented business. Weddings can be stressful. Um, there's a lot that's involved. You know, you get the florals, the decor, the furniture, linens, all that. So we've created a platform where businesses and just any normal person can post what they have at home and like create that second income for themselves. Um, um, biz, like couples can, can basically like go on there and find everything they need very easily. Uh, do you have a background in wedding planning and everything like that? Co uh, my co-founder, Noor, she does, um, her family's in the wedding industry for about 10 years. Yeah, that's kind of how I've gotten involved. Um, I've been helping her for the last couple of years, their business. So now we've started our own, we kind of like found the gap. Um, with like rentals and just, you know, start, instead of going through like different avenues, Facebook marketplace, um, individual, like Kijiji, it's all here. It's all in one place. Perfect. Amazing. What are some of the big wins you've experienced over the last six months? Oh, big wins in the last six months. That's a good question. Actually, so um, I would say just getting, we think we're very, very close to launch, like two months. So it's been, there's been a lot of momentum there in general. We've got um, a CFO on board and another um, equity partner who's joined us and it's been a lot of help. So those are, those are our biggest wins. That's unreal. And what's your position at uh, Louest? Is that how I say it? Louest? Yes, yes. What's your title there? I'm a COO. COO. Yeah. All right. So you heard it here from Louest and Anne. Um, where, like, what stage are you at right now and how can people start taking advantage of Louest? Um, so I, we are looking to launch in two months, I would say. So you can check out um, our website. We'll mainly be an app at the moment, but you can look up louest.ca, um, find us on the app store. We, yes, that, that's the best way I would say, yeah. Cool, appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your time. And this is in Canada only, right? Or Ontario? Um, meantime, uh, Toronto and Canada. Toronto and Canada. Okay, amazing. Well, we wish you nothing but the best. And uh, the wedding industry is due for disruption. So we, we can't wait to see what you come out with. Yeah, appreciate you. All right, we just wrapped up Collision 2022. It was unreal. Yo, it was everything we wanted it to be. Make sure you tap in to Hustle Over Everything. 247 Hustle on Instagram. Tap in. Let's go. I'm Alex. And I'm Ono Sinde. That's the show, y'all. Peace. Thank you so much for listening. The conversation continues on our Instagram at 247Hustler. We post very frequently. And be sure to check out our merch at hustleovereverything.co. We have some amazing sweaters, hats, mugs, and a lot more. Lastly, our Proud to Pay program is linked in the description below. Thank you so much for your support. Talk to you next Monday. Peace.